welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, where just before we went on, Ramon was trying to do his best Al Pacino hoo-ha. And now that I've exposed this to the public, go at it, Moan. That's where it was, right? There, know, just... feel, there's more of a ha in there, too. Yeah, it was, it was something like that. You know how it is when you ask somebody to do something, you, you can repeat totally it, but different. it's not the same, you know? Totally different. Totally yeah. different. Why do people watch this? They do run the very real risk that we're going to start off with something stupid. And, and from there, that it could continue being something stupid for the duration, you know? It could, man. If they knew what we talked about off air, too. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe maybe we go viral with some of that stuff, too, DK. We'll, we'll keep some of on. it would definitely yeah, go viral. So, no, 100%, man. There's, There's no, no doubt. question about that. The, things aren't always predictable in life, Moan, and they aren't always predictable in football, such as Benny Snell being your leading rusher on Monday Night Football in Indianapolis. But Benny looked authentic. Yeah. Now, what did you think? Because I'm inclined to be the guy who gives more of the credit to the offensive line since everybody was running well. I'm, I'm with you on that, man. But I, I, I say to this, a guy that, that came from where Benny did, Benny was the man at his college. I kind of knew that. He carried himself that way. You saw it on some of the clips he had in, in college where he's looking up at the camera, smiling, smirk, like he had this, this bit of swagger and to – be put on the back burner in the sense of how he played, who we played with over these years. You know what I'm saying? Like, not really – I don't know if you say got a fair shake. He got a fair shake, but not what he expected of his career. I mean, I, I looked it up on this uh, before we came up to, to to do this pod, and I was – I knew he did well at Kentucky because they play against Tennessee every single year. But this dude averaged 1,000 yards every single year in college. Not just that, like double-digit touchdowns and, and, and also receiving yards along with that, DK and listeners. And it's not like he was a scrub, a role player. He was the guy. As bad as Kentucky football can be at times, he was very much highlighted throughout that. Yeah, that's my jab at one of my rivals you. in college. You <laughs> think It was nicer than the one you had <laughs> off the air for them, but okay. Yeah, exactly. But, man, I'm, I'll say this. For as rigorous as the NFL is and unpredictable and that whole stat of the 1% of guys that make it, to be able to be really the underdog in the sense of, of where he is in his career as far as his position, meaning, heck, he's, <laughs> you got Jalen Warren that leapfrogged him. You know what I'm saying? As far as the rips go at the running back position, got to kind of downgrade yourself in a sense to find a role on special teams, and he's kind of embraced that a whole lot. Uh, six tackles on the season so far, if I'm not mistaken, in the special teams role. But he's on every special team. Yes. From punt, punt return, kickoff, kickoff return, everything you can imagine when it comes down to him being a core player. But when called upon in that Monday night game, Benny looked like the guy that they went out and drafted. Okay. And and all I say to this, man, you got to give credit where credit is at. And we had the big conversation about this team doesn't look like a hopeless team. It just looked like a young team, a team trying to find his identity. And I think Benny kind of highlighted that more than anything when it comes down to Najee being knocked out of the game. And, right. and let's be real. Benny ran for about 5.1 a, a carry in the game. You know, if we're looking at the average of it with a nice touchdown to DK that was very much necessary. I just got to give kudos to that. I, I got I to hit pause and go to the touchdown. Yeah. Because there was something about that TD. And, you know, everyone wants to get into the folklore. And that's what it is, actually, <laughs> about Kenny Pickett calling that play. 
But there's a couple of things that happened within that. One, Kenny talked about this himself, uh, both in Indianapolis and then in Pittsburgh, again, after the, the, the midweek practice, yeah. saying that he and Snell had developed a little bit of a relationship going back to Latrobe, La- uh, including not just off the field, but also they were out there as part of the same unit yeah. offensively in exhibition mm-hmm. games. So he said, there was a trust. I believe in Benny Snell. I trust that when I hand him the football, the good things are going to happen. Wow. Uh, between that call that Kenny made, Kenny yeah. went to the sideline and said, this play works with Benny. Okay? So they go on the field. Benny's out there. He, he takes the handoff and slides almost yeah. sideways yeah. to yeah. his left. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like this. Yeah. And then goes forward and hits the hole. Yeah. And and I, I believe I made this reference earlier this week on the show that that looked a lot like Le'Veon Bell. Now, he's not Le'Veon Bell. I'm not being an no. idiot here. Okay. <laughs> but that particular sequence leads you to see that this is more than just which yeah. is what we thought of Benny as being just go get you 2.5 yards, get up and dust yourself off. That Benny was, like you said, an accomplished running back in yeah. college with actual production, you yes. know, that doesn't just come from a cloud of dust. No, it doesn't just come from there. And, and you bringing it up and having a conversation with Kenny about how that all evolved. Like, that's why I think the offseason OTAs is always important. That's why, uh, you know, old and young guys showing up on time to camp or whether it's mini camp and, and that, those down periods because here's a guy that's comfortable with Benny. You know what I'm saying? In the sense of just, I trust this guy. I'm not saying he doesn't do the same for Najee, but he's worked with him. He understand, they're, they're speaking the same language if we're being real. Yeah. Two guys fighting for a position, right? Yep. Fighting to be relevant in the NFL because say what you want about Kenny being a first rounder, he's still fighting to be relevant. Right. And, and that's why I kind of give credit to what Benny Snell has been able to do so far. And, and let's be honest too, DK, we can say that since the game is done, nobody wanted to lose to the Colts. Oh, right. Geez. <laughs> you had to go there. You AFC now, you AFC South nerd. No. You had to go there. Not, not even just that, but, they they're trash right now, and they what are. you don't want from your team is being beat by another bad team, uh, right? Their, their defense isn't trash. Okay, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Look at DK getting smoked. <laughs> oh, we, I love it. <laughs> we we have some loyal citizens here. Oh, I love it, man. Look, Do- Dolly's like whatever. You, somebody needs to. <laughs> yeah, she's looking like what? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect, right there. Somebody just walked in. <laughs> Yeah. Fans of the Ramon Foster show, no doubt. <laughs> but that's basically what 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 uh what Benny Snell was able to do this past weekend, okay, this past <laughs> Monday, was basically blow a kiss to all the Steeler Nation and say, Hey, I'm 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 still here. I'm I'm still a part of this team. And I was you, I was just glad. You, you never know what you're gonna see on this show. <laughs> when we come back, we're gonna turn our attention to an, the other side of the football and another player we've been hoping to highlight today. Uh, Don't overthink it because he's on the rise. (laughs) Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. For the record, 
the smooch came from my man Gary Lawless, who used to be, uh, he used to cover the, the Winnipeg Jets for the free press up there, and then has since moved on uh, to be an employee of the Vegas Golden Knights, also in the NHL. They happen to be staying right across the street. Wow. Moan, have you ever run into somebody that it was in a totally weird spot yeah. where you didn't expect to run into anybody that you knew. Oh yeah. It, and then it you freeze. That's what happened yeah. here. I just froze. Like I'm looking at it and going, that looks like Gary Lawless, but I'm not like, you and I'm listening like... to you. Yeah. Not yeah. paying attention. It's like, and as soon as he walks out, I'm like, I look my way, Gary Lawless. Yeah. That's, that's, that's cool. Uh, and what's even crazier is because you got an open door policy at the shop. Anybody oh, yeah. can't walk in. So well, he, he saw you. He knew he knew what was going on here, too, because he, yeah. he, he does his own shows and stuff like that and has for years. But anyway, look, so look there's that. With, with, with just <laughs> homies all around like that. I know somebody's paying for dinner soon, huh, since he's in town. Well, he's the Vegas guy. He can, oh, well, he can, yeah. now, he can now pay for dinner. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, yeah. That was cool. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's one of the neat things about having our studio down here downtown like that. Anybody can just walk in, including the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, look at that. Don't take them down, DK. (laughs) Alex Highsmith is a player who is doing so well and on such a rise with the Steelers that no less an authority than Cam Hayward said to me, after the game the other day, he pointed over toward him, getting dressed 56. He said, he said, that guy, that guy is getting things done right now. Uh, more than what people see. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your impression of him beyond the 10 sacks, Mo? And 10 sacks is right there for everybody to see. I know. I, I know. But you know what's even more? We're not even speaking that high of it. It's just happening. And I, I think that's just him in the sense of what Alex Highsmith is. I'm impressed by him. He, he he ended up coming in to take over the spot that Bud has across the street from where TJ plays, and everybody wants to talk about everybody but him. And TJ is the defending defensive player of the year, so I get that. But here's a dude, man, that ended up getting a sack in the Colts game that was necessary at the time. And you saw him bend that edge like that and just get after that tackle. But he's been doing that clearly because his numbers say that. Um, I continue to say, how in the heck do the Steelers find these type of dudes? You know what I'm saying? Like, from Charlotte, nobody expects that. And I, I love to see guys from those type of universities that are able to uh, be the player that they want to be on the highest level, meaning in the NFL. What can he be, man? I'll tell you what. If he continues on this track, this this dude has the NFL in his hands if they start to take notice of it. But, of course, that all has to take, take into play with winning, too. If this was an above 500 team, the conversation is so much different about what he's doing so far. There's no question about that because it's not just the sacks. That's the point I'm pretty sure Cam was trying to make with me here. It, it's not just about how often does he get back there and finish yeah. with the splash. Uh, when you are a Steelers edge rusher, Mm-hmm. you have a specific responsibility, just like they talk about the running backs. If you don't block, you don't get on the field. Well, yep. if you're an edge rusher with the Steelers and you're not sealing the edge on the run, you will not play. No, sir. It's as simple as that. That was 
uh, indoctrinated into mm-hmm. Bud Dupree, remember? Yeah, and and it still holds true because I see him when he's playing here in Nashville, man. That 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 left side, I saw Lamar Woodley do it. I've seen J- James Harrison be able to do that. You're right. There is an idea that nobody runs to that side. We flush everything to everybody else, and he's held that up. And what's so interesting, too, about Alex Highsmith, you see him on the field, and you're like, yeah, he's a nice-sized dude. But then you see him in person. I saw him in person. I'm like, this is a big dude. Like, looks like a is, looks like a defensive end almost. He yeah. Look, yeah, 100%. It almost looked like he can put his hand in the dirt. Man, this dude is like 6'4", 240, 250. Like, he's not a small individual, and he's playing good. He's always readily available, too. Knock on wood as I say that because I enjoy watching him play. Well, he, he's been of, more than solid. Yeah, one of the things that, that, that Cam brought up, too, is you saw in the second half the Steelers, as you pointed out on the program yesterday, were having a tough time getting penetration in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Cam wasn't getting there. Larry wasn't getting there. Tyson wasn't getting there. So what happened was the D the, the edge rushers would kind of meet in the back, like a conference yeah. call behind yeah. the quarterback. <laughs> and it wasn't doing anybody any good because Matt Ryan was left with a halo. Yeah. And, he was. and what ended up happening, a couple things. One, they got their secondary involved in the blitzing. That's how Terrell Edmonds got back there. That's how yeah. uh, Arthur Mollett got, yep. got back there. But Alex came across, too. And you mentioning his physique reminds me that this is someone who was seen as a potential either ILB or OLB coming yeah. out of college. Because at frame, he actually looks like yeah. not just ILB, but like old school ILB. Yeah. Like, okay? uh, like Hardy well, Nickerson, you know, or, or Lawrence Timmons. Yeah, 100%. And, and uh, that's, that's just a different animal, man. He is, man. But to, to actually take on that role, and, and this is the beauty of what he's done so far. What was it, like two sacks his first year, t- the six last year, and then now he's double well, two and four already. He two had and- six total in the first two years, ten already this year. And four and forced fumbles. Four forced fumbles. That's insane, man. Uh, you, you need guys to help continue on what the, this defense really stands for, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as many double teams as, as TJ is able to get, Somebody has to eat, and this is the beauty of what Alex is. Like, this is a third-round draft pick. Yeah, I know that's still pretty high up when you're talking about draft picks, but he's out doing guys drafted before him in his draft year in in a major, major way. And, again, I hate that this team isn't winning more because he would be one of those, hey, vote for Pro Bowl at least. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, he deserves that when you're doing the numbers that he has in front of him. Would you pay him? He, it, I, I was gonna avoid that because I know what the situation uh, 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 uh. is. We're not this avoiding is, it. This is this is year three. He's not uh-huh. a first rounder. There's no fifth year option, right? Right. right. You get you have to at some point. Yeah. Because this is the thing. He's got the biggest. Like he's got the best cars in the deck. You see what I'm saying? Like there's nobody mm-hmm. really behind him as far as depth goes, and nope. he's proving you that he's worth it. Going into yep. this fourth year, unless Omar's philosophy changes as far as franchising or paying a guy early, <laughs> Alex is peaking at the right freaking time. To answer your question through all of that, yes, you have to. Yeah, I think you have to. I and really the, the beauty of it, too, and what we spoke about, too, DK, he, he's uh, you're dealing with a rookie franchise quarterback. Oh, that's not taking up a major part of here. the cap. Yeah. You see what yep. I'm saying? You build Take around advantage him. Of it. Yeah. Are we wrong to suggest that? Like, we'll be idiots not to say you better take advantage now and then go draft another guy maybe next year or the year after. Take advantage of it. You don't arguably don't even need to be paying the backup quarterbacks what you're paying them. 
So no. there's something to be said there. You know, there just is. Uh, you, when we you, come you, back, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, you pay him? I, am I paying him? Yeah. I, I'd have to look more into it, but I, why wouldn't you? You better get him I before mean, you I, get real hot, right? I don't know that he's that guy. I, I don't know that he's that guy that's going to explode like TJ. Or, 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 you know what I'm saying? This. I'm saying that respectfully. Or, or before somebody else in his class actually raised the bar a whole lot higher than what the Steelers want to pay for. Yeah. I, let's put it this way. They have the cap space. It's not like they're so loaded on defense that they can just say, eh, let them walk. We'll get another one. You know what I'm saying? He got the power right now. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. When we come back, the only segment that matters. Home. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters. It's brought to you always by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. Three expert chefs, not one or two moan, three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, app, and pilgrim are crafted for craveability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. And today's entry comes from, where is this here? Somebody who goes by O-Funkadelic, whatever, says... <laughs> Hey, you know, it's yeah. your account. How about <laughs> Moan? Oh, wait, hang on. Stepping back. Hey, Moan, how about Dan Moore? Is he improving? What's going on? Is he confused out there at times? This isn't his rookie year, is it? What do you think? <sighs> so discussing him, man, is, is kind of like hot and cold sometimes. For a lot of different reasons. One part of me says you're supposed to get better from year one to year two. Correct? That's mm -hmm. always the coach's stilos. It's certainly the head coach's mantra. What you did in year one is not going to keep you around in year two. Mm -hmm. uh, and and a, a portion of me says he's the starter, and it looked like he hasn't just progressed the way we would want him to see him progress, right? We, we're seeing a lot of junk on film and at that games, position at, at that, that position. position that you just kind of say golly dog get it together and then the other side of me knows and kind of say too offensive lineman really it takes time to get good you know as far as like being a pro understanding footwork understanding the game getting smarter than the defense learning the offense you know all those types of things to where i'm like okay he's deserves some time he deserves some you know, mulligans as far as far as where it goes. But I think this team is too fragile of a team to be able to allow that to actually happen. You know what I'm saying? Like he's the guy that started all 16 last year. And he so he should understand what the NFL cycle is like, what the demand is like, what's the play is supposed to mean, what how it's supposed to be elevated. I, but it also say to him, there is no real vet that's been beside him to kind of tell him, hey, young fella, you like putting this foot to the flames and saying, this is what you need to be doing. Like really going at him because it's really, he's amongst his peers as far as who can critique who, unless they've gotten to that point of saying, Hey man, you better do your bleeping job or this, this, this is going to happen. Like you get better results when your peers kind of pressure you. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And due to the fact that you got two new outsiders, you got a young guy next to him, a Dotson is still, he's in the same boat as Dan Moore. And you got Chooks who's really not a talker. With the new offensive line coach, too. 
So there's a lot of things that's really kind of going into what Dan Moore has kind of turned into. Has he progressed? Has he backtracked a little bit? <laughs> I, I don't know if this staff is going to be able to give him that much time to get better unless he takes a tremendous jump next year. Heck, you got people tweeting out on social media. <laughs> Look at the starting left tackle for Ohio State. That's the Steelers left tackle for next year. Yeah. You don't have those conversations if Dan is doing his job. And, yeah. But they don't yeah. draft. Those people don't. Okay? A, a couple of weeks ago, I told you that uh, – where did the Steelers play? Oh, that was here. It was, yeah. uh, it, it was in Pittsburgh. And he couldn't be found after the game. And that's not very offensive line-ish. Okay, you guys are always there. You're standing there. You're waiting to hold court. You're doing it right next to each other. And I'm happy to say that that's been passed along. This group is moan. They're standing there. They're not sitting. Yeah. Even. They're standing there waiting for you to come over. Okay. Unless there's something, you know, whatever. I think I mentioned to you, James Daniels had like blood coming down his arm. <laughs> Listen, dude, go take care of your arm. Okay. We don't matter. But. I couldn't find more after that game. And then here we were in Indianapolis, and, and there's more. Yeah. And he's standing there. And so I went, and I seized the opportunity and spent some good time with him. And there's an awareness there, Moan. He's not – this is a really bright kid. You know that. You've and dealt with him. Yeah. And, and that's There's wild. an awareness. He knows what he has to do. One of the most mature things he did when I reached out to him about coming on here in the summertime, he's like, man, I got to focus on yeah, yeah, getting prepared yeah. for the seasons. Like, I promise you I got you in the off season. That to me was like, he, he gets that aspect of it, that the job comes first. You know, I always tell you, no matter what guys do on or off the field, you better ball and you better make sure the reason I'm coming to you being that you are a football player is what you need to be doing yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> so he he has that mental aspect of it. Are, are we afforded to say he has a sophomore slump? You know what I'm saying? Because it's the, the focal point of this offense is the run game ain't what you needed to be. The protection been kind of bad. So you're just looking at where it's been bad at and Dan Moore kind of you circle him more times than not. Well, let's let's do that because I think that's what the questioner's coming to you for. Okay, you know what he's not doing right, and you know what he's doing right. Tell tell us what those are. Mistakes are fine. Okay, okay. You can miss an assignment. You can give up a sack. You can have a bad game. You can have two bad games, maybe even three. DK, but the things that you make those mistakes and get highlighted from those things that we see on 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 film on the replay on the games that we watch week in and week out, he's got to do a better job of making those disappear faster. Yeah, learn. And yeah. he hasn't done that. Mm -mm. That learning edge of, of, okay, making it go away. You may have gotten me twice in a game, but you're not going to get me next week, at least not directly next week. And we've seen guys go at him. But I've also seen him after he gave up the sack to Yannick. Yannick didn't get much more. That sack, we spoke about that. It wasn't on him. That was on the running back. That was mm -hmm. on Kenny yeah, Pickett. On, yeah, Anthony McFarland and yeah. Kenny. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So he'll have a mess up and then he goes straight and you see the athletic ability. You see him lock guys out. You see him get in space and do some stuff. <laughs> and again, I go back to it. It does take time for offensive linemen. Am I out on him? No. Am I hard pressed to challenge him? Heck yes. And I know I didn't give you a real answer of what it was, but. I've seen guys be real bad, okay? And then the next year, there's a switch, and they get it more. Mm -hmm. This is a super young team. 
it really has no guidance in the positions that are probably asked to lead more. You got Coach Tomlin grabbing Najee Harris and making him be with Cam Hayward so that they can have an offensive leader. Najee's in year two. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those types of things were like we grew up into those roles. You have no leader on offense that's able to call out somebody the way we were able to do. You know what I'm saying? You spoke about Chooks the other day. Were we off air talking about how great Chooks played? Well, in our room, it'd be times where we see him do those things, and then he'd go back to the young guy mode, and he would get cussed out. He would get like, hey, man, what the heck are you doing? That's the dude we need to see week in and week out. There's nobody to actually like be able to go at them that way because they're all peers. They're all the same age. You see what I'm saying? So to say I'm out on Dan, I can't necessarily say, am I happy with his play? No, but I guarantee you there's nobody harder on this play than he is. I know that for a fact. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. There's always the possibility, too, that he could move inside, which is something that I know gets discussed inside the Steelers circles, obviously not with him. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. Some of that might depend on how the draft goes, how free agency goes. Uh, there's certainly a future for Dan Moore in it some is. capacity. There really is, though. Moan, let's do this again tomorrow. Uh, that was that was a great question, man. It really was yeah. like the life of, of, I know. of the NFL in a sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's do it again. I'm here if you are, DK. Yeah, I guess. Yeah.